Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 10 of Mr. Zitzitz Goes to Mars by Noel Loomis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 10 Mr. Zitzitz Goes to Mars Brown was moving pretty fast, but Senator Filibuster moved almost as fast. In no time at all he came stamping aboard, not so impressive in a spacesuit and oxygen mask. "'I'll have you know, sir, you can't tamper with private property this way,' he snorted after he got off his oxygen mask with jerky fingers. "'I'll have you know that I am master of the filibuster and all aboard her,' Healy told him. "'I deem this fuel necessary to save this crew of Martians from disaster.' There he felt better." He already had cleared Brown. The senator sputtered. But the Martians came from our own ship. Perhaps they did, but Mr. Zitzitz here claimed the Phoebus as salvage. Before witnesses. The senator exploded. His face was red. But ten tons of americium! It will be paid for, Healy said. It's outrageous. They don't need that much to get to Mars. I deem it necessary for their salvage operations." Mr. Zitzitz shuffled up. The senator was swelling. "'Mr. Zitzitz is captain of the Phoebus now,' Healy said pointedly. The senator glared and turned purple. "'I'll have your ticket for this, you whippersnapper!' He barked at Healy and stamped back across the gangplank. The filibuster pulled away in charge of Captain Brown and Admiral Healy rolled up his sleeves and went to work on the Phoebus. At ninety he wasn't ancient, but he wasn't as young as he had been, and he was soft. Nevertheless, he worked long, long hours showing the Zitzitzes how to fix things. When his muscles got stiff, he worked to limber them. He got the pumps going. He himself went outside in a spacesuit and welded up the hull. They tore out the damaged partitions. They replaced pipes for water and compressed air, and Healy tested and checked the communications. The Zitzitzes worked tirelessly. They could do things if someone would show them how. And one day, three months later, they turned on the power and straightened the Phoebus out of her lazy end-over-end floating and took off for Mars. They reached the Red Planet in six weeks and landed at the spaceport. Captain Brown was already there with a load of supplies he'd brought himself on a special trip. He told Healy the money situation wasn't too good. Adam Power Inc. wasn't sticking out its neck yet by refusing delivery, 
but they were firm in asking full payment for the Americium. It worried Healy a little. That is, he worried for fear that Atom Power Inc. would attach the Phoebus before they could get started for Gamma Valorum. But he didn't say anything about it to Mr. Zitzitz. He went ahead and turned the Phoebus over to a repair crew at Space Travel Inc.'s spaceport, so the Phoebus could be made really shipshape. That would cost money, too, but the Zitzitzes couldn't start a sixty-year trip in a ruptured duck. Then Healy set about getting legal title to the Phoebus in the name of Mr. Zitzitz. As soon as the repair work was finished, Healy started loading operations. It would take about three days to get the Phoebus loaded, with trucks running in and out of her hole like yellow ants, so Healy turned the job over to Captain Brown, who was waiting for orders, while he and Mr. Zitzitz took a trip into the desert to find the Lemurian's grave. That was no trouble. The Zitzitzes had buried the Lemurian in a solid rock cavern, and then had cemented it so it was airtight. A couple of sticks of dynamite opened it. When the dust cleared out, Healy and Mr. Zitzitz went inside. They found the body, or what was left of it, a faint white outline of a skeleton, formed in bone dust on the rocky floor. They also found the lead casket that the Zitzitzes had sealed shut. In it was a manuscript written in ink on fine parchment. Some two hundred pages, but Healy shook his head when he saw the writing. It was faint but still legible, but Healy said, "'That's almost identical with Mayan hieroglyphics, but it doesn't do us any good, because nobody has ever been able to decipher Mayan. They're probably the same language.' Mr. Zitzitz waggled his leaves. "'That needn't bother you.' I can remember enough of Lemurian writing to compile a key. In fact, if you'll give me a stenographer who can understand my speech, I think I could translate this for you in a couple of days, roughly at least." Healy stared at him. You're a wonder if you can do that. When they got back to the spaceport, Brown was worried. A man came in the liner from Earth looking for Mr. Zitzitz. He appeared to be a process server. Healy looked haggard. He mustn't find Zitzitz. Keep him away. Tell him Mr. Zitzitz has gone to Pluto to sell toothbrushes to earthworms. Tell him anything. And whip up this loading. How much longer? Brown shook his head. Two days more anyway, I'm afraid. There's a load of stuff, sir. So Healy isolated Mr. Zitzitz in an office at the back of a drugstore under the spaceport, with a stenographer who had enough imagination to understand the Zitzitz language, while he himself went to push the loading. But next morning Mr. Zitzitz sent word for Healy to come. When Healy got there, Mr. Zitzitz handed him ninety pages of teller-written copy. Healy was amazed, but he was not surprised. He leaped through the manuscript, and when he found the section on anti-gravity, he uttered a yell. "'What this won't do to people like Senator Filipuster,' he said and chuckled. "'Simple, too, don't you think?' asked Mr. Zitzitz. Healy clucked his tongue. "'Far easier than atomic power. And you can see that it will have to work. It's really nothing but an electronic adaptation of an old type of video circuit. What it does is get inside of gravitational power instead of trying to fight it.' 
Healy left Mr. Zitzitz in hiding while he went to the video office and transmitted a long message to the discipline board, including the information on anti-gravity, and asked them formally to investigate his claim that this was a genuine Lemurian manuscript. That was enough. The discipline board knew the angles. They would get the picture, but fast. Two days later, from over the desert, came the Zitzitzes, seven hundred and seventy-six of them, streaming into the Phoebus to go back home. They counted them seven times, to be sure, because there wouldn't be any refunds on that trip. They had just finished the seventh count when Healy turned around to face a man in a brown suit. "'Mr. Zitzitz here yet?' "'No,' Healy said grimly. "'He isn't here.' Well, I suppose he will be pretty soon. Looks like you're getting ready to take off." Healy growled in his throat. He wondered how this fellow would like to take a long one-way trip, but he knew Mr. Zitzitz would never approve violence, if he knew about it. They warmed up the engine, with the brown-suited man standing fast in the control room, although Healy did his best to walk all over him every time he turned around. Finally, Healy went outside and got Brown. "'Bring Mr. Zitzitz,' he said grimly. "'I may have to give this bird a tap on the jaw and take him with us, but get Mr. Zitzitz. The Phoebus is ready to roll.' "'Yes, sir,' said Mr. Brown, with alacrity. "'You skunk,' Healy said softly. "'You'd like to see some violence.' "'Could be,' Brown said. Healy went back to the ship. Now there was a messenger in a blue suit waiting for him. "'Sign here, Admiral,' he said. Healy signed. He tore open the envelope with nervous fingers and read the single sheet. "'John Healy, Care Spaceport Mars. Have investigated claim of Lemurian manuscript. Electronics experts verify gravitational synchronizer. This board considers your claim established.' On recommendation of Senator Filipuster, you are hereby restored to active duty in the International Space Marines with the rank of Admiral. Report for duty with Stratosphere Fleet within thirty days. Jennings, Captain, ISM, Secretary of Board of Discipline. Healy blinked. He read it again. Then he drew a tremendous breath, and his chest began to fill with a feeling that he had hungered for since 2117. He was an admiral in the Space Marines, the sixth Admiral Healy. The goodness of the feeling flowed over him like the morning sun, and he wanted to shout it to all of Mars. But the brown-suited man was waiting on the bridge. Healy looked through the port, and he saw Mr. Zitzitz shuffling rapidly up the gangplank. Healy looked at the brown-suited man and drew back his fist. It was ironic that his first act as an admiral in the Space Marines would be an act of lawlessness that would damn the memory of Healy's forever. The brown-suited man turned, his chin in exactly the right spot. He looked puzzled at Healy's drawn-back arm. There was a shout from the airlock. Captain Brown rushed in, waving a message. "'They restored me to active duty!' he shouted. They're restoring everybody who was in the rocket service at the time we first landed on Mars. He read from the message, For meritorious service in advancing the cause of science. He pounded Healy on the back. I'm a full-fledged captain in the Space Marines. Healy straightened and glowered at him. 
I am your admiral, he said stiffly. Brown gulped, then he straightened and saluted. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. And besides, said Healy, you blame near knocked me over. He grinned and put out his hand. Shake, Captain. Mr. Zitzis was shuffling excitedly in the control room. He was waving some papers, too. They've just handed me a receipt for all supplies and all work done on the Phoebus. What does this mean? Mr. Zitzitz? asked the man in the brown suit and shoved an official-looking paper at him. Healy took the papers from Mr. Zitzitz and scanned them. Holy jumping! He stopped. It was too much for him. Senator Filibuster, he said finally to Brown, has personally paid or guaranteed all bills incident to the outfitting of the Phoebus for the trip to Gamma Valorum. Brown stared and his mouth dropped open. Well, I'll be scuppered, he said slowly. The man in the brown suit was already gone. Admiral Healy, ISM, looked at Captain Brown, ISM, and blinked his eyes and shook his head. Brown took the paper served on Mr. Zitzitz. I'll have these cancelled. Mr. Zitzitz came up softly. I'm very glad for both of you gentlemen. Thanks, they said. Mr. Zitzitz's leaves were waving and dancing. You've been more than kind, Admiral. Thank you very much for everything. And that is very small, thanks. Skip it, Healy said gruffly. One of Mr. Zitzitz's leaf-tips took Captain Brown's hand. "'You, Captain, have done more than your part. Much more.' "'That's okay,' Brown said casually, and Healy knew he was embarrassed. Brown turned and said to Healy, "'Let's be going, sir.' Healy held out his hand to Brown. The captain took it before he realized what he was doing, then he laughed. Brown said, See you at the spaceport bar tonight. No, Captain, I guess not, Healy answered. He turned to the desk and wrote something on a sheet of paper. He handed it to Brown. There was a puzzled frown around the Captain's eyes. What's this? Healy swallowed hard. That, Captain, is my resignation from the Space Marines. Brown's eyes popped open. What the devil are you saying? Are you crazy, sir? I'm going with Mr. Zitzitz, Healy said. Brown reached blindly for a place to sit. He sat down and began to mutter and shake his head, as if to clear away the cobwebs. They've got to have somebody, said Healy doggedly. If anything should go wrong on the trip, they'd be utterly lost. They can't make things or repair things. The Phoebus is an old ship. There'll be lots of little things go wrong. They've got to have me. Don't you see?" His tone was almost pleading. Brown looked at him. Healy knew that Brown was thinking of that day when they had planted the flag on Mars, and Healy had slammed the airlock door in Mr. Zitzis's face. Brown stood up. He took the resignation in his hand, snapped to attention, saluted smartly. He started to speak, but there seemed to be something wrong with his throat. He wheeled and marched stiffly into the airlock. Mr. Zitzitz seemed to be studying Healy. "'You may do this if you wish, Admiral, but it really is not necessary. 
You know mighty well it's necessary, Healy said. Besides, maybe I can pick up a few phone numbers when we get to Vila. Mr. Zitzis's leaves rustled softly. You will be an old man when we reach home. You'll never live to get back to Earth. Close the hatches, Healy ordered. Prepare to take off. It's a long trip. Mr. Zitzitz hesitated. Then one leaf raised in a regal salute. They lifted her off the concrete. She slanted up and up and up at tremendous speed, and then, free of Mars' gravitational influence, curved downward into the sixty-year trajectory that would bring them to Gamma Valorum in the southern skies. The next day they were out far past Uranus and still accelerating at a constant two gravities. Two faint messages came on the video phone. One said, "'Congratulations, Admiral, and best wishes. I guess there's nobody funnier than people. Pickens, Admiral ISM, retired.' The other said, "'John Healy, Admiral, ISM, retired.' Congratulations on becoming the sixth admiral. I wish I could have shaken your hand, but you know what is best. Good luck from your dad. Mark Healy, Admiral, ISM, retired. Healy looked up. Mr. Zitzitz was on the bridge. He was facing Vila. His leaves were rustling gently. He was going home. And from the way he was staring through the porthole, Healy knew his eyes were open. Healy softly folded the last message and put it carefully in his breast pocket. He walked over and stood beside Mr. Zitzitz and looked toward Vila. Healy's eyes were open, too, but they were wet. End of Chapter 10 The End of Mr. Zitzitz Goes to Mars by Noel Loomis